My sermon in a sentence tonight is, if you want to stay defeated, if you want to stay defeated, then just stay off your feet. If you want to stay defeated, then just stay off of your feet. Now that statement's going to make more sense as we go along. Let me just start by saying a couple of things. Um, we've been on a, on a, on a journey. We've been going through the, the story of Joseph. Just ask Joseph. We're actually done with that. But if you'll remember the last two weeks of that series, we, we um, addressed how to engage the election, the 2016 election. If you weren't there for either one of those last two sermons, I would encourage you to go back. I gave two points on how to engage the election when we were still in the voting process. And then I gave two more points on how to engage the election post-election once we knew who our president-elect was, um, Donald Trump. And I don't, know about, I don't know if you felt it, but in those sermons, there was a real challenge to the church. How many of you recall that? In calling us to engage, calling us to, to um, step out, to stand out, um, to do something, to be a part of the solution in what's going on in the nation. And, and again, it's just a real, um, a real challenge to the church. And then last week, Marvin spoke, and I really appreciate what Marvin shared. You know, Marvin, if you weren't here, you need to go back and listen to that. It's one of the best sermons that I've heard, honestly, in a while. And the reason is, is not necessarily because he came with this massive, a massive eloquence of speech, although your speech was very eloquent, Marvin, but you just really sensed that the Spirit of God was on it. And you can always tell that the Spirit of God is on something when it's coming from a heart of vulnerability. And Marvin shared some, some struggles that he's had over the years. He called them iniquities, ways that his heart and his hands were bent towards activity that was displeasing to the Lord. And, and he shared um, very openly about that, but then also he shared about how intentional he has been for years and years and years to overcome that, to be victorious in that area. I thought it was amazing. And hopefully everybody, he gave some pretty, he didn't tell anybody what to do, but if you walked out of here with at least you know, some thoughts on a couple of things you should have done. And then, you know, it was very, very, very good. You need to go back and listen to it. I don't want to spoil it for you. As I was um, thinking about what to share tonight, I thought, you know what? The Lord's really challenging his church. And I don't think he's going to stop challenging the church. And so what I want to do is challenge you a little bit further. We're not going to hit too hard, but you're going to feel it because it's real. And what God is calling his people, his followers, his children to, is very real. It's very serious. And, uh, and he wants an appropriate response from his people. So I, um, again, it's not going to be too hard hitting, but how many of you are ready just to be challenged a little bit more? tonight. I don't even know why you would come if you didn't want to be challenged. You know what I mean? It's like going to a gym and expecting to get to sit on the sofa and just watch other people walk by in their workout clothes. Oh, there's another one, you know. No, you right? You come to church because you, you hope to be challenged, equipped, empowered to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. In Ephesians chapter 6, look there real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, It says, finally, and I'm just going to pause real quick right there, actually. So look up here. You probably see it. It says, finally, um, in verse, what is it, 15, 10, 15. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Let me pause right there and just say, he says, finally, because he's wrapping up this book, 
a, a letter that he wrote to the Ephesians. And something that you may not know about the Ephesian church is this, and the letter that he wrote to them, is that this is one of the very few letters that he wrote to a church that didn't have a ton of, um, like, you guys get your stuff together. I mean, he's writing to the Corinthians. He's always having to correct them. They were doing hideous things. But the book of Ephesians, he's, he's writing this letter to the, to the church there in Ephesus. And it's real encouraging. It's like living the life kind of stuff. He's encouraging them and, and challenging them. And he's, he's praising them. And he's really filling their tank um, um, with, with how to live for the Lord. There's not a whole, whole lot of you did this wrong and you did this and you need to correct this. It was just all encouragement, all encouragement, really really sewing into them. He wraps it up and he says, says, finally, the last thing I want to tell you, I've told you all this good stuff and you guys are a great group of people. But then he says, finally, he wraps up the whole thing with this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And he says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And And most of us are familiar with... um, the uh, armor of God. And, and uh, in fact, we did a series um, called Wake Up to the War where we studied the armor of God uh, maybe three years ago. But he says, finally, the, I've said all these things to you, but the last thing I want to say is to be strong in the Lord. But if you think about it, that's, he's been praising them for the previous five and a half chapters on how they have been strong in the Lord. And affirming them in it, if you think about it. Giving them some instruction. Not a whole lot of admonishment, but some instruction. But then he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I think the first time I read that, it stood out so blatant to me. It wasn't one thing, it was two things. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Can I tell you that those are not the same thing? I mean, even when you study the words, and I won't get too geeky on you tonight, I'm going to do all that. But I can just tell you that being strong in the Lord and then being um, walking in the strength of his might, they're not the same thing. I think when you look at the church and most people in the church, and even tonight, I would say that most of us are strong in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we go to church every time the door is open. We go to our Bible studies, we memorize our scriptures, we go to Sunday school, we do the outreach, we go to small group, we go on the mission trips once a summer. You know, all the things that we're, we're just strong in the Lord. Man, he's, he's just strong in the Lord. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those people that are born in the church. You know, they were Christians before they were even born. Their mamas, when they would take a bath, every time she'd take a bath, she'd baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those kind of people, they just, they, they're strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. But I wonder how many people in the church walk in the strength of his might. Did you know, I I, I thought about, I didn't know how relevant this this, um, example would be, but I thought about my boys. I don't know how many of them, I guess they're all in here. Me and my boys take karate every Tuesday night. It's been a lot of fun. We've been just kicking stuff and punching stuff. It's a lot of fun. Well, every, every other week or so, sometimes a couple of weeks, uh, you know, two weeks in a row maybe, but usually it's every other week, um, we'll do what's called sparring. And that's where you put the, the equipment on and you'll, you'll spar each other. It's a really fascinating thing because you have these people who are in class and they're just pounding on each other. You know, it's a, it's a lot of fun to pound on people. Um, 
The last time we sparred, this was probably two, two weeks ago, I think, it was just this real interesting thing, and I, I guess I hadn't thought about it much. But um, what they do is they kind of have this circuit, this rotation where, you know, um, you rotate and you, you spar different people. And so you might have um, some yellow belts and orange belts um, sparring against upper belts like uh, green and blue and, and um, purple. And even brown belts and, and black belts will mix in there sometimes. In fact, most times. And so you might go against, uh, you know, my boys and I are orange belts. Uh, a couple of weeks, we should be getting our green belts. Come on now. Um, and so, you know, as orange belts, there are times where we might be, you know, sparring against a, a purple belt or a brown belt and even black belts. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I think I maybe fought one underbelt, like a, like a purple belt or something like that. But most of the fights that I had were, were brown belts and black belts. And there was the, the first black belt um, sparring fight that we had, and they would spar for about three minutes. Um, we're there, and it was actually a, a lady. She was probably um, in... <laughs> She looked pretty rough, man. I was kind of, she was black belt. She kind of had this intense look, you know. So, so I was kind of like, oh, Lordy, you know, because anytime you fight a black belt, you know, they, they do their Bruce Lee thing and they get going, you know. Anyway, um, so we get started and, and she comes out fighting and, and it was kind of like, um, um, yeah, how many of you watch The Flash? Anybody watch The Flash? The Flash is super, super fast and sometimes he's seeing things and it's just like in slow motion. You know, because he's so fast. It's like somebody's, it was kind of like that with her. She's a black belt, but she was punching and she was doing everything. And it was, for me, it was kind of like, wow. <laughs> this is super slow, not a whole lot of power and a little bit of timidity even in her fight. And I thought, wow, okay. And so for me, I realized she is a black belt and she's got skills, okay? She's got knowledge. She has all these moves and things that she's been learning probably for 10 years, Okay, and here I am, an orange belt, not near as much knowledge, but she couldn't get anything through. You guys understand what I'm saying? She's punching, she's kicking, nothing landed. I was like way far ahead of her every step. And then whenever I noticed, whenever I would take a punch or I would take a kick, it was, it was so far ahead of her block that I realized I've got to pull these punches. You guys understand what I'm saying? If I don't, I'm going to hurt this lady. In fact, I'll tell you real quick. My, the first week, the first time we sparred, we sparred with an upper, uh, my very first sparring back in May or whenever it was, um, I sparred a lady and she was an upper belt. And uh, I was like, wow, I haven't done this since I was a kid or whatever, you know, and she comes out swinging and it was all involuntary. It was like block, block, boom. And she goes, and blood started. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, it was all voluntary, you know. But my point in that is this. Listen, she... Involuntary. Did I say... Did I say voluntary? I meant involuntary. No, it was involuntary. Just reaction. What are they... Well, you know what I'm saying. Gosh. My, my examples always go so far south. Anyway, my point is, is is both those people, they were upper belts. This, this lady a couple weeks ago, she was, she was a, um, I think, a second degree black belt. And she had all this stuff. And when you see her do her moves, it's like perfection. But then when you stand in front of her, there was something that she was lacking that I actually had. And it was, it was speed and it was strength. And so my speed and my strength and maybe even you know, courage, it, it far surpassed even what her knowledge was. Does that make sense? And then I got into a couple of other sparring guys, and, um, and they were adult men. 
Thank you. Um, and so we're sparring. And, and it's about the same, except for their guys are a little bit faster. But I just happen to have real quick hands and feet. I just, you know, eye hand stuff. So they got all this stuff, and they're throwing punches. And we're about evenly matched. They would punch me. I would punch them. It was evenly matched, okay? And I was feeling good after about two or three of those. And then, my very last sparring, I came up against this guy. He was like third or fourth degree black belt, kind of tall. And I was feeling pretty good after a couple of those fights, you know, hanging with those black belts. And right out of the chute, you know, they say bow, touch your gloves or whatever. Right out of the chute, it's like he leaps into the air. And I'm just like, (laughs) you know, and he comes, I I mean, telling you, he was feet and feet and feet away from me. And he's like in this air and he's doing this thing and he comes down like that. And I didn't even know what to do. I'm like, how did you jump? And there's so many, there was so much going through my head at the time. And before I knew it, he came down and went, boom. Now. He's a second, third degree black belt. Very good. He has the knowledge and skill and the power, speed, and strength and courage. Do you, you understand? And he, when he came down, not only did he have me, he had the skill, power, strength, discernment to pull it. So he didn't drive it into my face. He just tapped me. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, you know. Because <laughs> he would have given. But listen, I just thought about, and, and I wrote this down because I want to make sure that you get this right. Great skill with no power. And speed and courage can be easily defeated. Listen to what I'm saying. And, and I liken that to, um, to being strong in the Lord. You got the knowledge. You went to Sunday school. You know, your mama baptized you in the tub, right? You got the skill. You got the knowledge. But listen, without the, without the power, without the strength, without the speed, without maybe even the courage, you can be defeated very easily. But then, listen to this. Few skills, few skills, little knowledge, but with great power and courage, and you can be able to hold your own quite a while. I want you to think about that. I think about a new believer who is doing great things for God, and they haven't even been to Sunday school yet. They couldn't even tell you what the four gospels at the beginning of the New Testament are. They don't even know. They don't even have those skills yet. But they have faith and they have courage. And they know what God's done for them. And they go out blazing the trail. You guys hear what I'm saying? But listen, and that's awesome. They got the power of the Spirit and that's all that they need. But here's the reality. When great skill meets power, speed, and courage, you will not be overcome. Like that last sparring fight. That first black belt, I mean, she had all kinds of stuff, but I, I clearly was just more manly. She, she couldn't even come close. The other guys, they had the skill, but their skill plus what I naturally had, it was pretty even matched. When I came up against that guy, he was the bomb. I mean, he was fast. He had his stuff. He, I mean, I, it was no match for him. It's one thing to be strong in the Lord. It's another thing to be walking and operating and living in the strength of his might. It's just not the same thing. You can be strong in the Lord, but do you walk in the strength of his might? Do you make decisions in your life with faith? Or do you make them out of fear? That's an example of being strong in the Lord. I know the circumstances seem overwhelming, but I'm going to step out in faith with a courage I may not even know all the know-hows, but I am stepping out. But especially when you do know, I'm stepping out in faith and courage because I know that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. I know that scripture and I'm putting it into action. I'm strong in the Lord with that knowledge, but I'm also 
carrying the faith and the strength and the courage to walk it out. That's what I love about what Marvin was saying. Marvin, Mar, I've known Marvin since he was 10 years old. And especially once he came to the Lord, he's always been very intentional about being the best follower of Christ as he possibly can. That's why you can listen to those messages and be like, dude, I'm so inspired. Why? Because it's real. He goes above and beyond so that he can do. He, he's not just saying, well, I've been on a mission trip. Well, I lived in China for a while. Or I've done this. Or I've done this. I'm strong in the Lord. He knows that's, that ain't it. He's got, he probably knows more scriptures than all of us. But it wasn't that. I'm not trying to toot your horn tomorrow. I'm just using that as an example. Because the example he gave us last night was stepping beyond the strength of the Lord uh, beyond um, being strong in the Lord and walking in the strength of his might. And that means doing whatever I have to do to increase my courage, and my power, and my strength. And of course, he used words like accountability and community. <clears throat> adjusting your life, adjusting the things, you know. I mean, so many great things that he talked about. Remember what I said, if you want to stay defeated, and there's so many people in the church. Can I just say this too? Um, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays especially, this kind of happens a lot of times if I'm in crowds other than church, but when we're, in friend, we're with friends or we're with family, inevitably the conversations that, where it goes in conversations that I'm involved in because I'm a pastor, it goes into the topic of church. You can imagine that, right? And so people start talking about church. And the way that they talk about church and God and stuff is by talking about their church. Can I tell you that nine times out of ten, the conversation, they took it there and it's negative. Nine times out of ten. Very rarely do I hear people say, I love my church. My community is awesome. I love my pastor. My pastor teaches the word with rah, rah, rah. You know? Nine times out of ten, what I hear are ill things, negative things about their church, about their pastor, about their situation. You know what they, they tell me sometimes? In fact, we've been thinking about visiting your church. I'm like, don't come to my church. <laughs> I don't want you in my church. But listen, I know that sounds funny, but it's, it's, it grieves me because I hear these people talk and they're talking in the realm of strong in the Lord. Like they know what they're talking about. Like they know what their pastor endures. Like they know what their small group leader has to go to every time they open their door. And what I'm telling you is these people engage these conversations and they're, they're walking and talking as though they know something in the strength of their might. Because they, and sometimes they're even leaders. And they engage me in these conversations. And I don't even know what to say. I'm like, well, pray, pray for your pastor, I guess, uh, you know. See, walking in the strength of his might, some of your translations say in the power of his might, that's saying, you know what, it's been hard at my church lately or in my home or at my work or, or whatever. And instead of, eh, they're going to adjust. They're going to do whatever they need to do. They're, they're, gonna, they're going to pray for their pastor they're not going to talk to some other pastor about how they don't like their pastor. My overall point is that, is that there are so many inside of the body of Christ that are walking around with a sense of strength in the Lord, strong in the Lord. 
And they may even be. They may have the books of the Bible memorized. They may have so many good things going for them. But when you look at their life and the way they operate, they are not walking in the strength of his might. And I knew I was going to be saying that to you. And then that challenge of don't just be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. But don't just be strong in the Lord. Paul says, and in the strength of his might. And I thought you might have the question, well, what is it? How do you get... How do you begin to walk in the strength of his might? How do you walk in the strength of his might? Look, look what it says next. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. And then the very next thing he says is put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And then he goes into the armor of God. He instantly goes into, maybe this is why this, that karate example jumped out at me, you know. He goes into this war thing, this, this fighting thing. And this week, I, I saw this little, this little three-piece three, uh, advice on how to walk in the strength of his might. It's not exhaustive, but it's just a couple things as it relates to what he follows the statement with. He says, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. And then look what he says. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Then he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil. Has this got an intense conversation or what? I mean, he's talking to them. You guys are awesome. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and he's doing all this stuff. And then he's like, finally, you need to be strong, Lord, and in the strength of your might. Put on the full armor of God. You stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And everybody's like, whoa, Paul, settle down. We were having a good time. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against men. It's not against people, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Realms. So he's going into something, a, 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 a severity of things that's greater than I think where the people were at. He, he affirmed them and he challenged them, but he says, but listen, it ain't just about that. You got to gear up. In fact, that's one of the things. How do you walk in the strength of his... Um, of his might. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything you can to stand, stand. That's what he says. And here's the, here's the three things that I, I see in this, and, and we'll look at them briefly. How do you walk in the strength of his might? You need to wise up, you need to gear up, and you need to stand up. This is what Paul says right here. You need to wise up, you need to gear up, and you need to stand up. He says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I don't have time to tell you how smart and, and sneaky the devil is, but he's real, real. Sneaky and scheming, okay? Real, real. And then it says, listen, the whole verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now listen, that first one, wise up. You need to wise up. If you think that you're fighting against flesh and blood, if you think that the things that are going off and, and, and wrong in your life are, are you know, flesh and blood, man, stuff, you, you're, you need to wise up. Because if you think it's just in the natural realm, listen, everybody look at me. If you think it's just in the natural realm, if you think it's just this, this, this girl with a double degree black belt coming against you, you're wrong. 
It's the triple, quadruple, fifth degree, sixth degree black belt that not only knows their moves, he knows how to use them, and he will. And his first attack is up and coming down. You may not see it that way, but that's the way it's happening in the spiritual. You may seem subtly and be coming on slow, but in the spiritual, it, he is up and he is coming down. Thank God that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, praying for us. And he sends his angels and his protectors on our behalf. You can see that in the word, right? You guys remember when, when Satan battled, who was it, Michael over Moses' body? Was that right? Was it Michael? I mean, there's stuff going on. He says, you need to wise up. Wise up. Spiritual forces of darkness. I think it's crazy that, I'm on a little bit of a soapbox. Maybe I should stand on something. I think it's crazy that we can go and watch these horrific horror movies, these demonic things that we will watch, and be kind of like, like, whoo, that was a good movie. It's like, are you kidding me? That is the very thing that is trying to stick its dagger into your heart and kill you. We can't laugh and make fun of that kind of stuff. That's the real stuff. The whole point of all that in the devil's scheming is to desensitize us to it. Again, not trying to stand on the soapbox, but listen, wise up. Our enemy is a worthy adversary. He's not more powerful than God, but he's more powerful than you. And if all you're trying to be is strong in the Lord, but not depending upon the Lord and walking in the strength of his might, you will be taken down. We'll look at that in a second in Hebrews 10. Wise up. The second thing is gear up. He says, um, what does he say? He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take your stand. Put on the full armor. We don't have time to go through all the armor. But put on the full armor. He goes again. He says it again. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and I can assure you it will. If it hasn't already, and if it's not there now, it will. Put on the full armor, armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Wise up and then gear up. Now listen to me. And then Marvin really talked about this last week. So please, in, in conjunction with this point, go back and listen to his sermon. Gear up. We can't leave any area vulnerable for his attack. In karate, you put pads on. You got your hand pads on. You got your feet pads on. One of the things I figured out after about my second or third time of sparring is, buddy, I am going to get me some shin guards. Because when you go to kick somebody and they kick at the same time and those shins meet, ask me if it's painful. It's painful. You got some shin guards, okay? You also wear a mouthpiece because that ain't cool to get your teeth, you know, be like snaggling. Now, you also can wear headgear. When I'm sparring someone my belt or under or even somebody that I know with their skill level and where they're at, I'm not going to wear my helmet. Why? Because I know they're not, they're, they're not going to get me. It's, it's fine. I'm going to not. But there's a couple guys like, <laughs> I'm putting that helmet on because they're going to jump up like a you know, wild demon and come kick my tail. My point is, is you, you protect you gear up so that you can, you can protect those vulnerable places. You don't, you don't want to leave any area vulnerable and, and breached. I don't even know that I would have to go into a bunch of ways that that will apply to our spiritual life, do I? Think of the areas that we just leave vulnerable for the enemy to come in and just do what he does. 
You know, there's my wife and, and I were talking and my boys, there's a, there's a particular show that we really enjoy watching. And we, enough was enough was enough this week because um, they're, they're bringing in this, this gay agenda to it. And listen, I love, I love gay people. I don't love their choice of lifestyle. But that show is just shoving it down my throat. And it didn't start out that way. Did you notice it never starts out that way? Then they started shoving it down my throat to where my boys are like, what is up with all this gay stuff? I'm like, you ask me, I don't know. So we just say, we're not going to watch this one. That's an example of gear up. Is it really worth it? I was flipping through the, um, the Century catalog online the other day, which is where you buy karate equipment. And I, I, I saw something I liked. I'm thinking, I got to get me one of these. You know what it is? It's rib pad, uh, pads. Because I get kicked in the ribs and get cracked ribs just about every time I've sparred with a black belt. They will punch and they will kick. and they, I mean, you can barely move. I'm thinking, I need to get some of those. That's a pad that I don't have, but it's obviously a pad that I need. Gear up. What do you need to do? What area do you need to shear up? What area do you need to protect? Where is it that he always gets you? Gear up. And he gives you a list of the armor of God. Gear up. Wise up. Gear up. And then stand up. Listen to me. I'm going to say it this way. Commit to the battle. Commit to it. It ain't going away. It's not going away. How, how would it be if I get up? I remember a couple weeks ago, I, I, um, they did the rotation. And then I looked up and it's like, oh God. I had to fight this guy who was like a bear. He's massive. And I tell you, I didn't want to fight him. Why? Because I was scared. Okay? He's huge, massive, ex-military. Um, my, my boys and I call him Silverback. He's like a Silverback gorilla. He's massive. And he's like, he is. I'm not kidding. And he's like fifth degree black belt. Okay? And so it came and it's like, uh, I was like, oh. And I did not want to fight him. I just knew I'm going to die. You know what I mean? But what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to say, uh, no, sir. <laughs> Can you fight somebody else? <laughs> no. What did I do? <sighs> I stood up. I took it like a man. It wasn't going away. Now, I could m- try to make it go away, but then I'm going to look like a pansy, right? I'm not going to do that. I wasn't going to embarrass myself. I don't know if even that's a great example. But my point is... <laughs> Listen, this is not, listen, the war against the enemy, the battles that rage, they're not going away. They're not. So your option is to stand up or stay down. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that's what Paul says. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and it will. Remember, this is how he closes up this wonderful, beautiful book of Ephesians with this. <laughs> you, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Going and sitting on the bench, going and fighting a new adversary, it, that's not an option. It's not an option. Do you hear what I'm saying? Wise up, gear up, stand up. Another question that I thought people might ask is this. Well, what if I don't walk in the strength 
of his might. Now, first of all, why wouldn't you? But do you know, I think there are people that really contemplate, what if I don't? Okay, uh, there's two things I'm going to tell you really quick. You will shrink back to destruction. You will shrink, you will shrink back to destruction. In Hebrews 10, the writer says, um, but my righteous one will live by faith. My righteous one. He, he's talking to, to a believer, isn't he? A righteous one, aren't we not the righteous ones? My righteous one will live by faith and if he shrinks back, I will take no pleasure in him. Verse 39 says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Now, if you read this in contact text, what are the ones that shrink back? They shrink back to destruction. In fact, some translations say it that way. We are not of those who shrink back to destruction. He says, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. If you don't make every effort to walk in the strength of his might, you will shrink back to destruction. And it says, my righteous ones will live by faith. If he shrinks back, I will take no pleasure in him. Listen, all of us shrink back. All of us shrink back. All of us have moments of weakness, true or false. It's like whenever I wanted to run from the silver bag. That was a weak moment for me, you know? But what he says, he follows it up. Those, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. Does that make sense? We, we're going to shrink back. We're going to have those times where we're like, oh gosh, we're maybe shaky, but we don't stay there. Remember what I said? If you want to stay defeated, then just stay off your feet. That's not us. We don't stay off our feet. We stand up. You guys picking up what I'm laying down? My righteous ones will live by faith. If he shrinks back, I'll take no pleasure in him. But we're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we're those who have faith. So it's, a, it's like this weird, interesting admonishment slash encouragement in this, you know, you can read it on your own. You will shrink back to destruction. I was telling my wife, talking to my wife about, about what I feel like is, is really coupled with, uh, a story that's really coupled with Ephesians 6, and that's, that's Peter's story. You guys remember in, in Luke chapter 22, I told you we were going to be there, this little section starts with this. A dispute arose among the disciples as to which one of them would be the greatest in the kingdom. They were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. <laughs> a bunch of people who were strong in the Lord. Trying to figure out who's strongest. <laughs> right? And they were arguing about it. And of course Jesus says some stuff. And you know Peter. He's always there. He's very verbal. Very prideful. We, we understand his consistent character. And if you read it in context. I don't have time to read all of it. But he, he, Jesus says a few things. And then he immediately turns to Peter. It says, Simon, Simon, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. What? Because you know he was probably the one arguing the hardest. I'm going to be at the front of the table in the kingdom. Jesus is like, Peter, Satan has asked for permission to sift you like wheat. And if you know the process of sifting wheat, it's a shaking so what Jesus was saying is Satan wants to shake you. He wants you bad. He knows the calling he has on, that um, God has on your life. He wants to shake you. Figuratively, that word is used in the New Testament to mean an inward agitation to try one's faith to the verge of overthrow. Peter, 
Satan has asked to agitate your soul to the point of overthrowing your faith. And I've said this before, even on this stage probably, that Jesus didn't say, but I told him no. I told the devil, no, sir, you can't touch Peter. That's not what he says. In fact, he says, but I've prayed for you. In other words, I'm giving the devil permission. And believe me, the devil does have to have permission if he's going to mess with you. The great principle in the sky has to sign off on that one. But Jesus said, I've, um, I have prayed for you. He didn't say, I'm not going to let him. He says, I have prayed for you. And then what he says is, and when you return, think about what Jesus just said. You're saying I'm going to fail? Jesus is like, yes, I know all things. You are going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to shrink back. You're going to shrink back. He knew that he was going to shrink back, but I love what he says. But when you return, he also knew that he was going to stand up because he knew what was in Peter. He knew that Peter was weak, but he also knew the strength that was there if he will walk in the strength of God's might. Amen, right? He says, when you return, strengthen your brothers. Wow. When you return, what you will be able to do when you have been strong in the Lord and then you've walked in the strength of his might, now you're going to be able to strengthen others. But listen, if you don't walk, and this is the second thing, if you don't walk in the strength of the Lord, you will be of no good to anyone else. You hear what I'm saying? If you decide not to fight or, or to lose the fight or to stay down and not get back up, not to wise up, gear up, stand up, you shrink back to the point of destruction, not only are you yourself just flat on your back destroyed, you are now of no use to anyone else. Jesus says, when you return, and you will, I have faith that you will, I'm praying that you will, when you do, strengthen your brothers. He could have said a myriad of things for him to do. When you return, be sure to offer your tithe at the temple. <laughs> and when you return, be sure to build me a brand new church. When you, no, it was like, the whole point of what I'm doing in you, Peter, is that you will be an encourager, a strengthener of other people. Do you realize how important it is for us not to just be strong in the Lord? I can be strong in the Lord personally and be of no good to anybody else. But whenever I'm walking in the strength of his might, all of a sudden I'm in the full power of the Holy Spirit and everything I do as it's unto the Lord, the Lord is able to use it. And the Lord wants to use everyone in this room to encourage and strengthen someone else. But the reality is, is so many of us are walking defeated. Defeated. In one area, multiple areas. I just don't feel like a believer has to walk defeated. I don't, I don't see it. I, don't, I can't find it. All I find is, you're probably going to fall. But when you do, get back up. What caused you to fall? No problem. Gear up. Don't let it happen again. And wise up, of course. Let's stand. I believe that the Lord wants his church, his body, his people walking in the strength of his might. 
I believe he wants us to put on the full armor of God so that we can stand firm, not shrink back to destruction, but to stand firm. Was it in James where it says to, to um, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee? That's really another way of, 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 of saying this. Submit yourself to God, walk in the strength of his might and resist the devil. And when you do, you know, again, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Do you believe it, saints? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Let's do this.